Welcome to another episode of Bar Chat Shorts, where we share with you small nuggets of conversation taken from larger podcast episodes. On this particular episode, we're going back to my conversation with Podreg Fox and Ed Hughes. Podreg is the general manager at the Guinness Open Gate Brewery and Ed Hughes is just a general beer expert. They came into the studio to chat all things beer related. We got talking about the origins of beer and how it has evolved over the years, including the impact of culture and place on flavours and styles. Where did beer come from? How on earth did this whole thing start? Well, they're still finding evidence. I think because ironically, and do correct me if I'm wrong, but beer is the oldest alcoholic beverage in history. So we're looking nine, maybe 10,000 years old. Like there's even rumours of beer before bread or a byproduct of bread. Hunter-gatherers stopped hunter-gathering to make beer. Um, But they're still finding more and more evidence, whether it's in China, um, Mesopotamia, and we're still on this voyage of discovery, whereas so much study's been done in in spirits, and again, different spirits and wine, that we're all on this voyage of discovery. So I don't think there's a a pinpoint Mm -hmm. sort of origin story. No, no no one knows the inventor of beer, Podreg, unless you want to come in now and tell me something that is incredible, and you know the individual that invented... You don't, do you? No, I don't, no. (laughs) (laughs) Starting to sweat there a little bit. (laughs) So, because, yeah, it it sort of goes hand in hand with civilization, doesn't it? You think about, like, 10,000 years ago, hunter-gatherers stop hunting and gathering. They start growing crops because they think life's going to get a bit easier when they've got access to stuff all year round. They start settling down. They start having bigger families. They start tending the land. Then they've got all these cereals where before it was, like, a cacophony of different fruits and cereals and animals, perhaps, they're eating. They've got all this these sort of early strains of barley and wheat and what have you. They, and they, they're like, right, well, we need to eat these. So they start mashing them up with water. They start cooking them, perhaps. And you've got kind of basic porridge or, or bread or the building blocks of beer. Yeah. And as we know, when you leave stuff with sugar lying around, inevitably yeast, because yeast is everywhere, right? Yeah. Start, comes in, lands on this porridgey, soupy stuff, and then starts converting the sugar into alcohol. When you've got alcohol, you know, you've got something that I guess kind of, um, you know, it makes life that little bit easier when you're toiling the land uh, 10,000 years ago and there's, you know, no Netflix or anything yeah. else to keep you entertained. There's Egyptian tablets, there's 110 recipes for beer, for tonics. Like most alcohol started off as tonics and mm. same with, with gin or Geneva or whatever it would be. Um, and it's, it's been documented and there's still more documents being found but back to that, there isn't that one origin story because it's global as well. There wasn't a one country. Every country, and I'm sure we'll get onto it later, you know, there isn't a one country that's more important. There's some countries that have been more influential because of sort of global migration. But, like, beer was everywhere mm. 6,000 years ago, 7,000 years ago. Mm. Egyptians, China, South America, over in Europe. It's, yeah arguably the birth of spirits and you'll definitely correct me on this one well but freeze distillation it's no brainer really, yeah really, yeah isn't it? yeah i think one of the really fun and interesting things about it is that we talk about beer has always been there since the civilization of man but traditionally it was a, a female role was was the brewer mm, yeah um we got married a couple of years ago and we brewed a beer for our wedding and uh, on the back label like very specifically called out it was a bride ale because that's where the word bridal actually comes from it was brewed by the mother of the bride prior to the wedding basically every single civilization ancient civilization and going forward more recent civilizations since then have been making beer or in some shape or form of fermenting so how how i mean it's a, it's a big question but how have we established these different styles and which countries first influenced it 
I think it's more than just the countries. It's more kind of ingredients and access to ingredients probably um, helped it a little bit more than just location. So you think about Czech Republic, Germany, lovely, nice water, perfect for brewing pilsners, Hellas beers, things like that. You look more towards Burton Albion in the UK, a lot more sulfur, which is perfect for ales. And in the, the water in Dublin is just perfect for that darker style of beer. So nowadays, I mean, you can filter your water, you can add uh, uh, different elements to it to make it available to brew any style of beer. But traditionally, going back, it's right, what malted barley is local, what hops are local. Mm. Uh, and even up until the 16th, 17th century, there was no hops at all. It was literally mm. just thrown in for a bit of flavour. It could have been heather, it could have been gorse. It was whatever botanical you could get your hands on. Exactly. So when you go back through history, it, it's really more what was available to the brewer at the time versus a dedicated, right, we're going to be a lager brewery in 17 whatever. Yeah. Mm, sure. Well, I suppose it's terroir. It, the, it, back to that pedestal we put wine on, it's using the best possible ingredients to get the best possible outcome and nurturing those ingredients, those various ingredients. Um, I'd say probably the turning point for modern history that sort of changed everything was 1842 in the town of Pilsen where they discovered a bottom fermenting yeast, Saccharomyces pastorianus. And so everything up until that point was either wild, so lambic, like you were saying, with wild yeasts and spontaneous fermentation, or a top fermenting yeast, Saccharomyces cerevisiae. And then that bottom fermenting lager yeast, even though the word lager is a German word, mm. that bottom fermenting yeast changed everything. Okay, I want to get onto the difference between lager and ale a little bit later once we start talking about cool. how beer is made. So we'll come back to that, definitely. Um, so what we're saying is that the style of beer was not so much based around, you know, culture, but more around the available natural resource, whether that's wheat or barley, whatever happens to grow well in that area. And then that's sort of in concert with the water source as well. So certain waters. You mentioned before about um, uh, Dublin being, the water traditionally being particularly well suited to brewing darker beers. So what what is it about the mineral content or hardness of the water that is conducive to that? Yeah, so it's a little bit more of a, a hard water style. So that gives you, um, at times, kind of little harsher flavours. Uh, so if you were to brew a lager with that kind of harder water style, what you're going to do is get a little bit more sulfuric, kind of uh, harsher flavours towards the back end of the flavour. But for something like a stout or a porter, where it's much more uh, roasted barley, heavier, kind of coffee, chocolatey, earthy flavours, they'll actually hide a lot of the flavours of the water underneath. Because if you go back to um, over 100 years ago in, in Dublin, Dublin was actually kind of categorized as a, a third world city there was a lot of tenements a lot of poverty we didn't have like indoor plumbing until the, the 40s and 50s so uh, previously to that the water supply was what people relied on so you couldn't always guarantee the specific quality of it so it took a lot of uh, effort and skill from the brewers to be able to sometimes mask the quality of the water in the different beers mm, okay yeah. it's interesting though isn't it because you have it, this is one, one of the things i love about um beer wine and spirit is you have a natural resource that's abundant because of the, the terroir, the geography, the soil type, or whatever it might be. Then you have a culture of people um, that, that, that live there, and they, they recognize that, and they begin making a product using those materials. The flavor of the product is shaped by those materials and then becomes the flavor of that culture. Mm. And so when you go to Germany and drink a Pilsner, um, you're really drinking a beer that is of not just of that culture, but of that particular place, yeah. of that environment, of the, the, you know, whatever, the humidity, the temperature, the soil type, the, the lay of the land, the amount of sunshine, um, even things down to like fermentation temperature, which would, you know, not have been controlled in the past, I guess, you know, that would affect 
the esters, the congeners that you're making during the ferment and therefore affect the flavor of the final product. So you're not, you're not really talking about a product that's made by human beings as such. They're just kind of middlemen in between what is naturally available and the, the outcome, that end product. And this is, this is the lovely thing about our platform now is sort of enthusiasts. These are stories that don't come out. The average beer drinker, and I, I try not to get too, too militant about it, the average beer drinker hasn't been told these stories. And sometimes it's the average bar person hasn't been told these stories. You know, and It's not to be damning of the brewing industry, but I think it's in its infancy to a certain extent compared to wine and spirits. Because back to that, you know, the sort of... Um, fictitious pedestal that I, that, that I speak of. I worked in bars for, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 years. No one ever taught me anything about beer. The general, the general salesperson would come in saying, you don't want that on the bar, I'll do you a deal on this. It's like, well, you save your GP, you, you know, you, as an operator, your boss is saying, you make wicked GP on that, get that in. But you're not taught about flavour, whereas we're in this lovely you know, sometimes confusing world now where people want the knowledge and we have got so many stories to tell. I hope you enjoyed that little clip. Um, do check out the, the larger episode and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you haven't already, make sure you become a Diageo Bar Academy member. Head over to diageobaracademy.com for the latest industry news, events and inspiration and subscribe to get it emailed to you. 